Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by the hot romance writer, Sienna Snow. Welcome to the room. <laughs> so how are you this evening? I am great. Awesome. I'm going to jump right in, okay, because when I was doing your bio, I was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so first what I want to, I want to be able to say this clearly to everybody. So after 20 years getting your MBA, you decided to pursue writing. Let's dive right in and tell me how that came about. Well, I always wanted to write, but you know, when you have very conservative parents, they were kind of like, um, girlfriend, you need to have a real job. <laughs> so they kind of were very adamant that I had to either become a doctor, a lawyer, or go into business. So the doctor thing was totally out. Nope, not going to happen. The lawyer stuff, I tried to explore it. That wasn't a fit. So business was the way to go. And MBA and numbers and finance was something that worked for me. So I went that route. And on my first date with the guy that ended up becoming my husband, I mentioned in passing that I wanted to be a writer. And I was a ferocious romance reader all my life. And so 20 years later, when I, I read a book, and it upset me because it, in that book, the author, who I will never name, made it out that the heroine, there was some issue with the heroine owning her sexuality because mm -hmm. she was very, she liked sex. And something in there kind of irked me because it was like, you know, the heroine was questioning her um, that it was wrong to be so hypersexual. That's how she put it. And I was like, she's not empowering the heroine. And it made me so angry. Then I was like, so then my husband's like, well, then write your own damn book. <laughs> You know what? I will. And that was history. That's how it all happened. Nice. Mm -hmm. I, I, as, well, you know what? That's what a lot of people, I mean, maybe not in the same situation, but typically when we start reading, we become, man, I would have written it this way or I would have done it this way. And I think that's what inspires a lot of authors is wanting to rewrite the book, maybe in their own voice. Yeah, I think it's just like I've always wanted to write and he knew I wanted to write. And at this stage in life, I was just like, yeah, it's time. And I didn't publish until I was 40. So, wow. It was, yeah, I was like, you know, you can reinvent yourself at any age. Oh, yeah, I believe that. I totally believe mm -hmm. that as I'm virgin on 50, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me, so tell me what the phrase, Middle Earth means to you as far as what you like to read? Middle Earth. Well, whenever I think of Middle Earth, I think of fantasy, you know, but for Middle Earth when I read, well, most for, of for, the time, if I just see for just, Middle Earth, I'm just thinking of fantasy. And, okay. You know, well, for, for reference joking. sake, for reference sake, <laughs> um, when I do research on you, I like to go and look up old interviews that you've had, mm -hmm. like, way back, as far as I can yeah. get them. Yeah. <laughs> and you made a statement 
about what you like to read and you said you wouldn't even care if it was in Middle Earth as fantasy that this would mm -hmm. be I'm generalizing so don't take me for word yeah. for word but you were saying what you would like to read so I was like wow that's an interesting concept so what would Middle Earth if I were to say that to you what would be a book that would pop out in your head with that phrase it doesn't have to be the hobbits but yeah well I so at the time I and that book is still on my laptop. I'm, I was writing a, a fantasy, and it was kind of like a paranormal fantasy. It's kind of a hodgepodge. Mm -hmm. And it was about this heroine that, and it was like a heroine's journey. And it was in this mixed world where it combines contemporary, uh, the contemporary world mixed with an old world. And it was combining those two worlds. Mm -hmm. And I created this like, whole epic kind of fantasy that would kind of take on the Lord of the Rings with a bit of Game, the Game of Thrones, but with modern world mixed in. And that's what I was thinking of when I, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Since you, since you just elaborated, let me skip mm -hmm. ahead a few questions here in my, my little uh, list. Mm -hmm. um, with that in mind, because I found it interesting because you write such hot romance with very empowering women, that mm -hmm. this this caught my interest. So let's talk a minute about that dark fantasy. I hear that there's a book at the time. I guess you were, had it put out that you wanted to write it in your future. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, is it still? I mean, is it still in the process where it was when you first mentioned it? Has it made any progress? Do you still have any plans to go further with it? I still want to write it, but. In the journey I am in the author world right now, it's not, it's time yet. Okay. Like, I know I'm going to write it, and I know I've got it planned out, but where I am in my journey, it's not the time. Okay. So when you did mm -hmm. that first interview and you mentioned it, um, mm -hmm. where exactly were you, and where are you now in comparison to then? It was at the beginning of my journey, okay. and I was trying to figure out where I fit Initially, you know, when you add, when you're what I call a baby author, you're trying to find, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. And <laughs> I was kind of dabbling in every genre possible and trying to write. Mm -hmm. And then I found my niche. This is where I fit right now. Right. I will still write that book. I know I am. Actually, it's a series. And I know I'm going to write it because it's still calling at my heart. But now it'll be a little darker and a lot dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> so you've grown. And so mm -hmm. things that you thought you were going to do then, you can see in a different light now because your progression as an author throughout the years. Correct? Oh, definitely. All right. Definitely. All right. Awesome. I can get behind that. Um, I can still say I'm a baby author. I don't know where I'm going half the time. <laughs> Wherever my fancy feels at the time. Um, so I would love to know how you deduce the ethnics and social backgrounds of your characters. Pretty much it's the people around me. Okay. Um, I have a very eclectic and diverse group of friends. Mm -hmm. It just happened. Like... It, I've never had anything but this dynamic group of girlfriends in my whole life. They are amazing. And everywhere I've moved, I've developed friendships like that. It's just kind of just happens. And so I take 
bits and pieces of their personality and create characters, pieces of their husbands, their boyfriends. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to make you part of my world. And that's <laughs> literally how I do it. I even tell them, like, I'm going to use your husband as part of my world. And then she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's usually how it happens. So now you, you, since you brought that up with your friends, mm -hmm. that brings up another question. So, and it was further down the line, but we can bring it up. We can bring it up. We can keep it in context here. So, hot slices of romance wrapped around women characters infused in empowerment. How much of that would you say looms around yourself and the woman you surround yourself with? A lot. A lot? I, yeah, I grew up and a lot of my friends grew up with backgrounds where very patriarchal society. Mm-hmm. And it kind of growing up, we saw our moms and our aunts and our grandmothers and stuff come from backgrounds where they didn't have a lot of voice. And then we are a generation where we're fighting for our voice. We're fighting for our daughters to have voices, our nieces, um, our sisters, all of us. And I wanted to write characters where they're not always, you know, they're not always subjugated to things. Right. And these women, because I feel like, you know, even the strong woman can have a happily ever after. And, you know, it's not atypical. It can be atypical circumstances. You can have an alpha guy. You still want to have that alpha guy, but you can also have a strong woman in that mix as well. Right. You don't always have to have the damsel in distress. She can also rescue him in the process. Right. I can get, I can get behind that. I can totally mm -hmm. see that. Um, so as we're talking about how your characters relate to yourself and those you surround us, can you give us an, uh, a point of interest, a certain character that maybe pushes more towards you? Okay. So <laughs> I put a little bit of myself in a lot of characters. Mm -hmm. I think the one that's the most vulnerable I would say is this last character, Jaina, okay. because I had a, I had miscarriage. I had, I personally, I've had a lot of issues with my own father mm -hmm. and some of her vulnerability is a lot what I felt. Like when I wrote her, I didn't realize I would feel so gutted writing uh -huh. her emotions and so in that situation, I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I channeled that. <laughs> it was probably and very, so it's probably very lethargic to write something like that, to bring out your yeah. own issues. It helps you deal and cope with what things you probably, maybe you're struggling with it on a subconscious nature. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote it, um, I sent it to my editor. And then she goes, I think this is my favorite character you wrote. And I was like, well, I cried at one scene that I wrote and I didn't even realize it because I channeled all these damn emotions. And she goes, well, I could tell. <laughs> well, since we're talking character mm -hmm. building, let's linger to Vicious Prince. It's published mm -hmm. in August 19, 2021. Um, mm -hmm. From the Street King series. First, let's talk where the series started. And then how the idea of Vicious Prince began, if you wouldn't mind. So the series started during, uh, the seed of the series started um, at the beginning of lockdown. Um, when literally in March, when lockdown started in 2020, 
I was sitting at home with my teenagers. They, they went on spring break and it never ended. And so we were sitting there at home and I have the, uh, my teenager and he was just sitting there going, uh, he's sitting next to me and he's like, read this article, mom. And I was like, okay. And it was about this guy um, in England and he was, and he's old and he's telling the story about how when he was younger, this, he tried to rob this man in the seventies, um, street kid. And he tried to rob this man in the seventies and instead of the guy, and he apparently was like a gang, uh, like a, not a gang leader, but he was kind of like mafia or something in England. And instead of trying to kill him, he took him in and the other kids of his gang and raised him. Then I thought, hmm, that's a cool idea. <laughs> and so it planted the seed in my head. And the guy was talking about how much he loved him because he became his father instead of, you know, and he, a man of his stature would have not done that. He wouldn't have taken these boys in and then raised them as a father. And then he became a real estate guy. And so instead of taking the route of um, the streets, he raised him, taught him how to build real estate, how to uh, take care of the community, things like that. And so his life is completely different than the way it could go. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to use that. And then I decided when I created Street Kings, I would create this culture where I took my Indian culture and used it where these kids, because a lot of biracial kids in the Indian community are not take, um, are not welcome because in the, there's a stigma to it. And um, when a lot of like, in, in the, like, you know, 20 years ago, it's very different than what it is now. The viewpoints and the cultural, um, people have grown in their viewpoints. But back then and 20 to 30 years ago, viewpoints were different. Daughters that married out of the culture were usually, you know, outcasts and things like that. And children were not welcome in the families and things like that. So I decided to create a, cult, um, a series based off of that. And so these boys, they did the same thing to this guy in New York. And this man took them in and raised them as his children. And that's how the series started. So the first book, Dangerous King, is about the boy who was the gang leader. Okay. And then this, and then Vicious Prince is about the second, uh, second brother. And they're all, they're not biologically brothers, but they're brothers by, um, you know, but brothers by spirit. And they're brothers by this man who took them in and so that's the I'm looking at the, the covers now <laughs> I'm looking at the mm -hmm. covers now on your site I have a second computer in my sound booth so while you're talking I'm looking at mm -hmm. all your covers and they are quite hot so tell me a little bit about the ideas behind the covers and your creation of them so the I scour you know um I've done some customs, so the last book in the series will be uh, like a, what I call exclusive. Um, uh, um, and um, Christopher Jean, who's an amazing photographer, he's uh, he did the cover for that one. But um, the other three are stock images, and I literally sit there on my computer looking through stock sites of you know hot guys, which uh -huh. is such a hard job to do. And I enjoy myself <laughs> and just spend my time um, looking at it and. Then I send it to my amazing designer. And I'm like, is this guy hot? And she'll be like, no. 
She'll literally tell me, I've seen 50 covers with this guy on it. <laughs> and then so she'll tell, she'll nix it and I'll even send it to my publicist and she'll be like, no, he's not hot enough. <laughs> and we'll go back and forth until we do it. And then she, my cover designer, Maria, she will just, she'll be like, this is on brand. We're going to put it together. And she does it. It's, it's, a, it's awesome. It and then is. she'll they, put it together. They are mm -hmm. very awesome covers. Very professional. Very, well, hot. <laughs> we'll <laughs> just put that out there. So being a romance author, what would you tell me is the biggest obstacle for you? Um, biggest obstacle is in the writing world, I think it's reaching more and more readers. Okay. I think I always want to reach new readers, open their minds to wanting to read diverse characters. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think everyone's so used to one certain type of love story, and I write atypical love stories with atypical characters, and just opening people's minds to wanting to read those kind of stories. Okay. How would you describe your atypical, since, we're, since you're saying it? Um, different cultures, different because cultures. I always put in different cultures, not the typical, what we would call, you know, white picket fence story. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people who aren't always the clean cut, you know, all American boy. And I don't always have the girl that's done everything right. And so it's th those kind of stories. So... And Go ahead. You know, it's like the dark hero. Hmm. Yeah, I can mm -hmm. get I can get a bit hard with that. Even your covers seem to have maybe it's just because of the um the backgrounds, but they seem a little dark. Was that intentional? Yes. Okay. Everything about my marketing, every little bit, I have a certain intention to it. Because my brand is, you know, I write a little darker. Not truly dark romance, I don't think, but right. it's a little bit on the edge. Okay. Mm -hmm. How would you describe the edge? Um, they're kind of like heroes that um, they have a darker background where their circumstances were not always positive. They can be mafia. They can have um, backgrounds where they grew up on the streets or they've done things in their backgrounds that are bad or they continue to do stuff because that's their circumstance. Right. There is no way out for them, but they are still good men. I can see you that. Know, those kind of things. <laughs> I, can, I can get behind that. So we do about a 20 minutes, but we have two minutes on the clock. Mm -hmm. So with us still starting out this new year of 2022, can you tell me what we're going to see more from you of this year? Or what new do you have planned? I have a lot going on. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> yeah, so I have, um, I have Deceptive Night coming out in about three weeks. And that is complete espionage. And Ooh. Mafia Princess, um, CIA agent, and underground societies, all kinds of craziness. Then I have um, the sixth book in my Gods of Vegas series, um, Mafia King and Mafia Princess story, um, Dubcon, all the tropes we love. Um, then I have another Mafia story coming out in May. Then I have another project coming out in October. It's craziness. I'm 
I've said yes to so many things and <laughs> it's, an, but it's all mafia. It's, it's, this is my mafia year. <laughs> your mafia year. So yeah. as I'm looking at your site, and this is the total off the hand um, asking mm-hmm. of question. Um, I noticed that you feature your, um, you have the master of sin, the dangerous king, the vicious prince, which I'm thinking these are all in the series, correct, of uh, Street Kings. So do you... Well, Ma- master of Sin is not. That okay. is it. That's the lead book in the Gods of Vegas series. Okay, the Gods of Vegas. Okay, but you mentioned a few other series when you were telling me what's coming. How do you designate what's going to be featured on your site? Is that just when what comes up, or do you have other pages that you feature your other series on your site? Um, what I usually feature is um, The Gods of Vegas is my most popular series, so I always have... Um, Master of Sin, always the first one, because that's the lead into my most popular series. And right. then whatever is currently um, I'm uh, writing in. Nice. And soon I'll have the the next series that I'm going to be promoting. It'll start coming up then soon. Awesome. So one mm-hmm. final question. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they get more information? And how can they get all the new stuff that's coming from you? How can they do that? Um, I'm I'm available wide. All my books are wide. So any platform you want to read on, I'm there. Um, I am on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm jumping back into TikTok. I took a little break during the holidays because I had to kind of regroup my brain. And now I'm about to jump back in starting on Monday. And I'll... You'll see my crazy face there. And (laughs) it's just kind of, you know, I'm pretty much on all social media platforms. I don't do TikTok very much because I feel like kind of get going down the whirlpool there. But other than that, (laughs) I'm everywhere. Well, I do short takes on there. So I'm just saying, just putting that out there. Okay. (laughs) Um, One of the things I wanted to, uh, when I ask you about is that you do have a newsletter. So if your fans want to reach out and feel like they have that extra connection with you, they can go to your site and you have it very available for your newsletter to sign up for that. Yes. So I answer all emails. So if you ever email me, I answer everybody. Aw, well, that is extra Mm -hmm. special. That actually makes Mm -hmm. uh, readers feel like they have a connection and that a friendship right there. So that's awesome. I am excited about your new ventures. I cannot wait till they come out. If you want to come back, we'd love to have you because we've always got space. We've always got space. We'll make room. Thank you so much for being on. I want to thank our audience for coming on tonight. It was an honor to have you all here. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you again, everyone. Have a great evening. Bye-bye for now.